You're listening to the Bloggers Get Social podcast. I honestly never thought that I would come back to the Bloggers Get Social podcast, but after taking an extended break, I realized that out of all of the different projects that I had done with Bloggers Get Social, that the podcast was one of the most popular and the most fun. Out of everything that Bloggers Get Social has done over the past three years, the podcast is the one thing that people always ask me about. Hey, when is a new episode going to come out? Or did you quit the podcast? What happened to your co-host, Jen? I mean, I get these questions all the time and I thought, you know what? I should just bring back the podcast. It is something that I love doing and it really doesn't take me a long time to record and edit and publish a podcast. I think what my big hang up was over the past several months was I couldn't find a quiet place to sit by myself and talk for 30 minutes. And I know that might sound a little crazy, but we actually moved uh, earlier this year from a house into a townhouse. We downsized considerably. I love the area that we live in. We're much closer to Target. (laughs) We're closer to like the interstate, my husband's job, my son's school. But in doing this move, like we really did sacrifice some of the space that we were used to. So instead of having like my own office with a door that I can close, we actually set up a little area. It's, I guess you would call it like a den or like a, like a study, whatever, where my computer is, my microphone, my cameras. And I have to admit that it's not very quiet down here all the time. We have my son, you know, a hallway over watching Paw Patrol all day long. You know, it just, I just never had like a quiet place to really sit and do my podcast. But guess what? My son is in school (laughs) and my husband's at work. No, my son is now back in, in school for the fall. So I knew that once school started, I would have time to myself during the day so I can actually record the podcast. So I'm really excited to bring it back. And I feel like I could spend an hour giving you updates about what has been going on in Bloggers Get Social, but instead I wanted to talk about budgeting for bloggers because I have this blog post written and I kind of wanted to relaunch the podcast with this topic because it is something that I have been struggling with for the past few months and I thought that maybe we could all talk about it and share sort of what we are doing to either create a blog budget or how to stay on budget because it is so easy to sort of spend all this money on blog stuff. Like I can't stop and I know I'm probably not the only one. We recently did our taxes for last year and I, you know, saw my expenses side by side with my income and I had a lot of expenses and it was just little things that added up over time. Things like graphics for ebook materials or printables, courses that I paid for that I maybe shouldn't have paid for or even signed up for. I didn't need the courses. I just wanted to be in that community or I wanted to network and I wanted to see what they were what they were doing. I spent a lot of money last year on content. I was so busy with sponsored posts that I couldn't really keep up with it all. So I started outsourcing them. So I would, you know, have someone make me a recipe or I would have someone ghostwrite an article for me so that I could meet my deadlines. And yeah, I was still making money because I was being paid 
for that post, but I also had to spend money to even have the post ready. So once I saw my expenses and my income side by side, I realized, wow, like it could potentially be like a huge strain on a budget for someone who may not be making a lot of money on their blog. So that's what I wanted to talk about and that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to tell you sort of what I'm paying for now and my situation now is much different than it was last year. I am not doing as many sponsored posts now as I was doing last year. In fact, I'm probably not doing any. <laughs> um, I might do, you know, a one here or there. Just depends on the brand and the situation and the product. So I canceled almost everything. Like I had a business coach I no longer have. I had social media scheduling tools. I no longer have those. I was paying for MailChimp and I decided not to do that anymore. Like there were so many things that I was paying for and I sort of just canceled everything. Like I went into PayPal, I went to, you know, automatic subscriptions and I'm like cancel, cancel, cancel because I had so many things that I was paying for. It was a little bit, it was a little bit ridiculous. So now that I've reeled it back in, I'm ready to pay for services again that I think are worthwhile. And so I'm going to tell you what I'm paying for now. It still is not super cheap, <laughs> but it is, uh, it's definitely more where I want to be. Um, and I'm actually writing this down. I forgot to cancel Post Planner and I really need to do that before they charge me for an entire year because that's pretty expensive. So writing that down. Okay, Post Planner, by the way, is lovely and I have no issues with it. It's a tool to schedule Facebook and Twitter. I just don't need it anymore and I'm gonna tell you what I'm using instead. So the one tool that I have used for years and I will never cancel it probably is Buffer. It's $10 a month and it is a social media scheduling tool as well for Facebook, Twitter, your Facebook groups, Pinterest. They just launched Instagram scheduling. It's more like reminders though. You can't really schedule photos to Instagram where they automatically publish due to their API, but you can use Buffer to set up reminders to your phone so you get a reminder like, hey, you know, this picture is ready to post and the caption is all ready for you and you can hit publish. So I will always keep Buffer and I use Buffer mostly for scheduling retweets with, you can do this on the free Buffer plan as well, but I believe that there's a max of 10 updates that can be in your queue at one time. So I figure it's worth the $10 a month. I barely notice it when it pulls out of my account just so that I have the peace of mind to schedule these retweets because I do a lot of retweet threads or even just scheduling out your content that I see in the Bloggers Get Social Facebook group. And we do have a weekly link up. So I try to schedule all of the links that are left into both the Bloggers Get Social Twitter account and the my own blog Twitter account, Sunny Sweet Days. So I try to schedule all those tweets out using Buffer. It's very simple for me to do, so I will certainly continue to do it. I also have to pay for hosting. That's something that many of us can't get out of. Like I can't downsize, I can't cancel it. I definitely need my hosting. And I do have two sites, but 
you know, Bloggers Get Social doesn't have a ton of traffic on it, so I don't really need to worry about the size and all of that. But my main site, I did have to upgrade to a personal or a private server, and I do pay more for that. I think I pay maybe $75 for both of my websites. I think that's about right. And that's just something that I can't, like, get rid of. Like, I have to always have that. So that's kind of a big expense right there. Like, just hosting is, wow, like, even to just break even on my website, I need to make at least $75 a month to pay for my website to exist. So that's, I mean, that's kind of eye-opening when I see it on paper is what am I going to do that will help me make at least $75 a month on my site? You know, am I going to sell a course? Am I going to have a sponsored post? Am I going to, I mean, goodness, work with a brand on Instagram? Like, I don't know, what am I going to do to kind of meet that mark? That's like the minimum I have to make, right? So besides Buffer and hosting, I have been trying a few different, a few different tools that I like and I'm going to keep. I just haven't necessarily like used them to their full potential. I've been, I obviously left MailChimp and I switched over to ConvertKit. I was a member of ConvertKit for about six months and it was totally free and it was amazing. I received this sort of like special promotion for taking part in an online course and part of the course was you get ConvertKit for free. And of course, you know, I used ConvertKit, I built my list up and now it's time for them to charge me. And it's about, I think I pay $79 a month for the size of my list, which again is kind of a pretty high amount <laughs> just because I have all these other expenses, but it's a necessary amount. Like I, like again, these are just these top, these first three things that I'm mentioning, I, I need it. Like I, I need an email service, I need my host and I need buffer. I could probably go without the other tools that I'm going to mention, but those are just, I don't even, I can't even explain it. Like I need ConvertKit. And I, now that I have seen ConvertKit and I have used it, there's no way that I would switch to another service. Like even if it was cheaper, if you say, hey Crystal, you could pay $20 a month on this service, I wouldn't do it. And the reason I wouldn't do it is I spent a lot of time in ConvertKit getting it set up on both of my sites. And I really like just how it functions, how I'm able to have different groups of people within like the same list so that I can really target people by email. It's just, oh, I just love it. And I'm not even using it to its full capacity yet. And I hope to soon, but I love it. I can't say enough good things about it. And I'm just, I'm not going to change. <laughs> so I love ConvertKit. Oh, that reminds me. I canceled lead pages because I got ConvertKit. I, I think I signed up for like an annual membership with lead pages and it was like $200. I mean, that's pretty expensive just because I didn't, I only used it maybe three or four times. I used it, I used lead pages when I was having a webinar and I would have people sign up and you could also visit, you know, a certain link to watch the webinar because I would embed a, you know, a video into the lead page, but I just got rid of it. And if I, if and when I'm ready to make landing pages again, I can just do it in ConvertKit. Like I can just, I can't embed a video, but I can still do what I was trying to do. Like capture emails basically. So yeah. Um, anyway, so I, 
also pay for Tailwind, which is a Pinterest scheduler. Again, this is something that I will always pay for. I think it's $10 a month, but I, I paid for the annual plan. So I should probably switch to the monthly plan as soon as my yearly is up, just because I think annually, I guess it was like $120, probably, if it was $10 a month. I'm real good at math, you guys. Uh, I love Tailwind, and I love it even more now that I have learned what a tribe is on Tailwind, and now that I'm using them. So Tailwind, you can schedule your, your pins to Pinterest, which we know and we've talked about. Within Tailwind, you can also create tribes, and tribes are free at the moment. It's part of their testing Anyone can join a Tailwind tribe without having to pay for the Tailwind service, which is fantastic. But because it's all integrated into one, I'm going to keep paying for Tailwind. I love using it to schedule my pins. And if you don't know what a Tailwind tribe is, we have a little bit of a discussion about it in the Facebook group right now. So basically, you know, with your Tailwind tribes, we set up a few different ones with different categories like travel, food, lifestyle, and you can add your pins to the tribe and the members of your tribe will repin those pins to their followers. So you can get signed up inside the Facebook group. I also sent out an email about how to join the Tailwind tribes and I am sure that I will send out another couple emails with reminders, you know, here's how you sign up for a tribe and here's how you participate just to teach everyone. So keep a watch for that, but yes, Tailwind love never getting again I think I keep saying I'm never getting rid of these tools and I'm like oh my gosh how am I ever going to uh make any money <laughs> how am I ever like if I keep spending all this money okay so besides using Tailwind for Pinterest I recently signed up for co-promote and it is free or they had like an 80% off um like membership if you joined and were a new member and it's it was like $19.99 a month. Someone mentioned recently that it's no longer free. So I I don't want I don't want you to like quote me on that if you try to make an account at CoPromote and it's like, oh no, like you can't. It was free like two weeks ago at the time of this recording, <laughs> which is in August of 2016. So I don't know what they're doing over there, but basically CoPromote is a service where you can add tweets, YouTube videos, Instagram shares, Facebook shares, Tumblr, and Vine, and you earn reach based on like what you do. So you log in, and if I retweet, you know, 10 tweets, I earn, you know, a hundred thousand reach. I don't know. It's it's based on how many followers you have. So since I have like seventeen thousand Twitter followers, I earn seventeen thousand reach every time I retweet something. Which means that if someone retweets the tweet that I am boosting inside CoPromote, you know, I lose that reach based on their reach. Oh my gosh, I am explaining this terribly. Basically, you retweet and reshare things, and then people will reshare the items that you would like shared. And uh, that's basically it. So if there's, if you're tired of doing Facebook group threads and you're just trying to get eyes on a tweet to impress a sponsor, or you have an Instagram photo and you really would like people to share it, 
I did this when I launched a course. I had a couple tweets in there for, you know, an ebook for a course. I had an Instagram photo in there that people could regram and, you know, share the information about my course. Was it helpful? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I think it's important to be visible on social media. So I like this service. Do I necessarily think someone signed up for the course because they saw someone re regrammed this photo? Probably not. But I do like this service and there are a ton of lifestyle bloggers on there. So you don't have to, you don't have to worry about retweeting someone's content that doesn't fit what you talk about. There are so many foodies on there. There are so many lifestyle mom type bloggers on there. Like you never have to worry about that. And also if you're trying to curate an Instagram feed and you need content, I recommend looking into co-promote because it sort of gives you options for that. Like some, you know, recipe bloggers, you know, let you share their Instagram photos and it's it's pretty neat. So I I have shared some of theirs on the Bloggers Get Social Instagram handle. In fact, if you want to go to the Bloggers Get Social Instagram, you can just see most of the Bloggers Get Social shares recently are from CoPromote. They're photos that I regrammed. It just says like hashtag regram via and then the person it's from and it adds their caption. And I'm happy to do that on the Bloggers Get Social Instagram account just because it's supposed to be like for bloggers, right? Like I'll promote a new blog post every now and then. And if I have a course or some sort of event, I'll share it there. But I really wanted the Instagram for Bloggers Get Social to be more of your content. Like I used to feature photos that used the hashtag, you know, of course I gave them, I asked for permission and and credit them appropriately. So yeah, I just, I I really like co-promote. And if you, you know, there, you know what I've been seeing a lot on co-promote lately too are boutiques, like cute little Etsy shops that are selling like bows or baby clothes or something. So if that is some, if that's like an area of interest for you or you have a store or something like that, you might want to try co-promote just to sort of boost a few of your links to see if it works for you. I'm not sure if it will work for you, but um it might. So it's worth a shot. Anyway, I think it's worth, I don't know if it's necessarily worth $20, <laughs> but it makes me feel better to know that I wrote a blog post. I shared it on Twitter. I shared it on Instagram. And now other bloggers are sharing my work and I don't have to necessarily work hard for it. I don't, I don't need to join a retweet thread in a Facebook group and retweet 50 tweets just so I can share a cocktail recipe because you know, I'm not working with sponsors as, you know, as much anymore. So that's not, it's not necessarily important to me to share my stuff so a sponsor will be impressed by my reach. I just want to share it just to share my work. <laughs> just it makes me feel better about myself, I guess. <laughs> so I, I don't know, it's, it's worth it. And I'll add the link if you are listening to this, you know, on your phone or something. I always add the links to all of the resources that we talk about in the blog post for this. So there'll be a link and you can get all the all the resources there. Okay, we've talked about hosting, buffer, co-promote, convert kit. We talked about Tailwind and how I canceled lead pages and post planner. There's one other thing that I am using right now and it's, ooh, I have two things actually that I still need to talk about. 
and they're kind of in a test mode for me. I don't know if I'm going to keep them, but I think I will. So with Instagram being, ooh, ooh, there's another one. Oh my gosh, I just signed up for this too. Okay, I've got three more things that I'm going to talk about. So let's talk about Instagram first. Okay, I have never been a person that liked tools for automation. Uh, like on Instagram right now, I'm sure you know, it's like running rampant with bots and like emoji comments that you know are not genuine and they're from people who you've never heard of before that are leaving you hearts or thumbs up or they leave you comments that are like, great pick. You know, like they're not really authentic. So yes, I was just, I'm totally against, or I used to be totally against those automated apps. And then I started using Likestagram, where it basically just likes photos for you with a certain hashtag. The reason I signed up is because we have a hashtag for Bloggers Get Social, and I seriously was sitting there and liking every photo in the hashtag for quite some time, and I loved it. Like, I loved seeing what you are posting and seeing all of those things. But it is very time consuming and it is great that I have that time sort of back in my day. I won't lie, I, I am following other hashtags and liking those as well. So if you see me like one of your photos, it may have very well come from me or it may have come from the app. But I did pay, I think, gosh, how much did I pay for that? You pay by how many likes you want to leave. So you could have like, you know, 2,500 likes or 5,000 hearts or whatever and I honestly I really can't remember how much I paid and I should probably look into that to so that I know when I will be charged again but I do like the service I haven't had any issues I used to also just be terrified of giving access to app I used to be terrified of like giving any app access to Instagram like I just didn't know was Instagram going to delete my account or something I'm so cautious on Instagram However, I decided to give it a try and I like it. So there's that. And I don't necessarily think it's inauthentic. I do look at Instagram all day long. I do see these hashtags come through. Like I am looking at the photos as well. Sometimes I've already liked it though because of because of the app. So it is what it is. And I know that Instagram is not necessarily a great platform to be inauthentic like we know when you're being inauthentic when you leave those lame comments I'm not leaving lame comments <laughs> um and if you are that you know more power to you like I understand you're trying to boost your brand on Instagram like I'm totally not going to hate on that that's totally fine uh but it is I was saying this to a friend recently that you know Instagram is more and more like you know running a business like you are doing you're outsourcing these tasks you're not sitting there going through your newsfeed liking all these photos and leaving all these comments though you could and you should be it just seems like a lot of the more popular instagram accounts are no longer doing this you know they're trading it in favor of using these apps to help continue to grow their platform which again is like totally up to them and no one you know can really judge that but we all need to be aware that it's happening, right? Like we know that I didn't get 100 people on my photo to like it, some app did it. And in a way that is kind of a shame because how many people really did see my photo then? 
Was it, did I only get likes on this photo from people using a, an app? So did no one see this picture? <laughs> and I just have 200 likes on it. <laughs> I know that's not true. I know not that many people are using these apps, like, in, you know, as far as like a ratio goes, I'm sure more people are seeing my content than computer apps, right? I would hope so, but you never know. I really don't know. So something to keep in mind, but that is something that I am paying for and I will probably intent like keep it. I don't, I don't know if I will use it all the time. Maybe I'll take like a month off because you pay as you go. It's not like a monthly service where you're automatically charged. So anyway, that is called Likestagram. And then to talk about Instagram further, there is something that I'm using that I will probably keep using as well. And it's called LinkedIn Profile. What it does is when you update your Instagram and if you add a URL to your photo, if you go to your profile, you'll have a special link. Like it will it will say linkinprofile.com slash, you know, whatever your name is. And if someone clicks that link, it will take them to a mobile-friendly site of all of your Instagram photos that have URLs in them. And so they can just click on the photo and go directly to where you're trying to send them. Because obviously they can't click from your Instagram share. You know, links aren't clickable. So it's an easy way to try to capture your audience on Instagram and take them where you want to send them. I have looked at my stats for this and they're not super high. Like, I'll be totally honest with you. So what I did is, so right now, if you go to Sunny Sweet Days on Instagram, which is my main account, I have a link in my profile. It's sunnysweetdays.com slash Instagram. So that is just a forwarding URL to the LinkedIn profile, you know, my LinkedIn profile profile, right? It just forwards. It's just like a pretty, a prettier link. So I've had a couple hundred clicks on it. And then once people get there, they're not really clicking on anything. I'm getting a handful of clicks on each image that have a URL, which is not super strong. But again, it's still new and I'm still testing it. I think it's worth, I think it's $10 a month. I think it's worth the $10 just so I can always say, you know, do you like this recipe? Click the link in the profile and you'll be taken there. And I don't have to switch my URL in my profile every single time, which some people are still doing. I used to do for a while and I stopped because, again, it just didn't seem like it was converting very well. It seemed sort of like a waste of time. So at least now I can just... I know that I'm doing all that I can to get people where I want them to go on my site. Hopefully. That's the idea. So I'm, I like it. I've used it for about two to three months now and it's, it's okay. Again, I'll probably keep it because it is like one less step instead of me going on Instagram saying like, you know, please go to this new recipe. Like, you know, it's just there in my profile with that Instagram link. Like, if that makes any sense. I'm sure it does, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, I know that I'm doing all that I can on Instagram to drive traffic to my website. That's what I'm trying to say. There you go. Okay. And then the last tool that I just signed up for 
is Edgar, and Edgar is not new. A lot of people have been using it. It's expensive. It's $50 a month. It's for social media scheduling. So we're going to talk a little bit. I can probably do like an entire episode on all of these tools, like how to set them up and how to create them. I might do that later after I finally relaunch this damn podcast, right? But let me tell you why I switched to Edgar. I was using Post Planner for a year. I paid a year in advance because I loved it that much. And I do like it. Like, I don't hate it. There's nothing, you know, wrong with it. I don't have any issues with it. But I guess here's my issue. It was just not posting things I was scheduling. And maybe I could have contacted their help desk. I mean, I may not have done, like, everything I needed to do to make sure that it was working. But... I mainly schedule things to groups, like the Bloggers Get Social group, and Post Planner had some sort of limit where you could post like 10 times a day to your groups. And just think about, if you're in the Bloggers Get Social group, you know that there's daily threads that go up every day without fail, <laughs> and they there's like six of them or seven of them. I don't know. There's a lot of them. Let's say seven a day. So once those seven a day are posted, and then if I post, hey guys, check out this article, and I post, hey, what are your goals for the week? I've hit my 10, and that's only with the Bloggers Get Social group. That doesn't even count the other groups that I run. So I was a little frustrated because I didn't know why my updates weren't posting, and then I went to my failed, you know, shares, and that's basically why they were not, they were not posting. Where was I going with this story? Oh, just like my updates to these groups weren't being posted. And then I was looking at my failed updates and it was like failed, failed, failed. And it just said I had posted too much in the past 24 hours. And I could never like undo it, I guess, because I kept having new content come out. So there was always one post that never posted. And if you are in the group and you're listening to this, you know that every Tuesday morning, my Pinterest thread would never go out because... That was like the final post. It was like, nope, can't do it. And it drove me so insane that every Tuesday, this damn post would not go up and it sounds so minor, but you guys would tag the shit out of me. Crystal, where's this post? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's scheduled. Like, I couldn't take it anymore. So I'm like, I have to get a post planner because it's not posting my updates when I want them to be posted. And it sounds really ridiculous that I'm saying it out loud. But now you all know why, like, those posts weren't going up. Like, it just drove me nuts. And, like, I used to have, like, daily threads, like, what are your goals or office hours? And then those wouldn't go out sometimes either. And I would have no idea because it doesn't send me like an alert like, hey, your updates didn't go out. So it wasn't a flaw with Post Planner. It was more like I need a different tool because I post more than 10 times a day to a group and they're scheduled. So with Edgar, I signed up for a month trial and I set it up and I'm like, here we go. If it can post all these updates every day to my groups, I'm going to keep it. And guess what? It has done that. Except, except there was, there was one day that it did not, um, post like a, like a Pinterest thread again. And I was like, are we, are we back to this again? Like, I can't, I can't handle it. Like if this Pinterest thread does not post every day, I'm going to go nuts. And I think it was just a fluke because all the other threads posted. So now that like I tested Edgar out for about two weeks, I think we're on the third week. 
I am gonna pay for it. I'm gonna keep it and I'll use it for all of my scheduling across like Facebook, Twitter, and all of that. So I just need to get it set up. It's a little overwhelming because you set up a calendar and you pick. The great thing about Edgar is like you create a library of content and it will just like keep sharing it. Like you can create a library of like blog posts and it'll share all of them and then it'll start from the beginning and share again. So you never ha like once you set it up you can essentially like forget it and then you can just add new content in as you you know as you see fit. So Oh my, that was a lot. I was trying to keep this like real short because it's the first episode back, but it is what it is. So I obviously spend a couple hundred dollars a month just to even keep my blog going and moving and to get content out to you and to um, just sort of like make all these things happen. It's a little overwhelming knowing that I need to make like a certain amount of money to keep the website going. Um, I don't know. It's sort of hard to explain, I guess. Like, these tools might not be effective for you or you might be able to do some of this stuff yourself. Like, you might not feel like you need a link in your profile for Instagram or you might not feel like you need a tool as robust as Edgar. So, you know, you might have a smaller blog budget or you might have one that's even higher than mine. I... I thought that I got rid of so many things to where it was affordable, but honestly, sitting here for 30 minutes and writing down what I'm paying for and why I'm paying for it, I'm still seeing that I'm a little bit in the high range as far as, you know, tools that I'm purchasing. So I'd really like to hear what you're using. If you found anything that is more affordable for you, or maybe, you know, if you have a newsletter, I'd like to hear sort of how that's working for you as far as like the cost or are you using a free version if you're using any social media scheduling tools I'd like to you know talk about that so whatever level you're at in your blog I think reflects on your budget a little bit maybe like the more page views you have the more content you're churning out the more things that you need to help you delegate these tasks. Like, you can't be sitting there, like, running your social media, like, all the time. So that's why Edgar is going to really help me and be, like, my right arm and sort of getting all that stuff out there. But, you know, I'm just, I'm very curious how other blog budgets stack up. And inside the blog post for this podcast, I have some tips about how to create a blog budget and how to stay on budget and sort of what these, you know, marks that you should be looking for though there's no right or wrong way to spend money on your blog you could be a brand new blogger and you need to invest in a layout or a logo or maybe you're trying to trademark your blog name or you're creating an LLC because you're going to sell products like all of these things are not free and sometimes when you start a blog as a hobby you don't realize that it really can become this like overwhelming business so I think it's important to like take stock of where you are where you want to go and what are you doing to invest in yourself and in your business I think that's really important so as always you can find the show notes and all the resources on bloggersgetsocial.com we have a podcast category so you can see you know 
how to listen to our podcast, a list of all the information we talked about today. And of course, we have our Facebook group. We post every day all kinds of stuff. We share news. We have threads for accountability and support. And hopefully, eventually, I will launch a new class. I have an insiders group right now going on, and that will end here in about two months. And then I'll be looking to kick off the new year with something totally new. I'm going to do something totally different, and I think everyone's going to love it. I hate when people vague book and are like, you know, I have something really great, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. You're just going to have to wait. I hate when people do that, and I'm totally doing that right now. But I'm only doing it because I haven't figured out how the heck I'm going to get it going. It's like, it's like I'm trying to create like an easy way to get information to you, you, really, and all of these tools, you know, they cost money. Like, if I want a message board, that's not free. I need a plugin for my site. I'm trying to, you know, send files to you. Well, I need a service that has a, you know, a shopping cart so you can purchase things and, you know, receive it. It's like, there's so many things that all add up and cost money. Talking about this blog budget thing is starting to, like, Now I'm overwhelmed, and it was my idea to talk about all this stuff. So anyway, uh, I hope that you enjoyed the podcast is back. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you. And I hope to make this a more regular thing. I think I can do weekly episodes. I might even do, like, twice weekly episodes to catch up for all the time that I missed. I missed so many months, right, since the last episode. First off... All of those episodes that exist are totally out of date. Like, oh my gosh, Snapchat changed, Instagram changed again, like Periscope is not even a thing. I think we talk about Blab in one of our podcast episodes and Blab has been deleted. Like Blab no longer exists. So that's fantastic. (laughs) So maybe I should like go back to those posts and do like and edit the show notes and say, well, Blab was deleted, so don't even waste your time listening to this episode. Like, what? I can't even, I don't know. It's just too funny. It's too funny that things change so quickly in social media, and that when there's, like, a record of it, like this podcast, it's really, did I spend two hours of my life talking about how to use Blab or how to use Periscope, and now no one is using them. It's like, uh, what a waste. No, it's not really. It was fun while, you know, when the post was live, I guess. I don't know. All right. You can visit bloggersgetsocial.com and join our community. And if not, we will see you next week.